Fantasy Hockey Picks and Bets, presented by Prize Picks, here on the Mayo Media Network. I am Matt Moody, joined as always by DJ Mitchell to break down Thursday's NHL action. DJ, Wednesday night we saw two games, you know, between Montreal-Winnipeg, a lot of drama toward the end of that one. We have the two best teams in the NHL in Vegas and Colorado scoring off. But the biggest news of the day, your Buffalo Sabres pulling off a big win. How are you feeling? Um, indifferent might be the right word to use. <laughs> I, yeah, I kind of had this, like, uh, it's just, it's so funny to watch Sabres Twitter melt down after winning number one, like, well, now we're going to take the wrong guy for sure. And they'll never work out. And I'm just like, ah, all right, well, I'm just going to pretend like I'm going to enjoy this for a little while. I, I don't know. Uh, everyone is an expert of guys that barely played a single meaningful game in like a year or so. Um, yeah, good luck. I, I'm hopeful. Um, if it's power, if it's, Veneers, if it's uh, Uckland, I don't know, whoever it is. Hope they're good. Um, and if they're not good, oh, well. Um, the Sabres are just going to be the same then. The, the expectations and reality will meet, uh, will meet each other. Yeah, no, it, it was fun to watch the, the cards turn over and just, yeah. like, not, you know, know before three. Like, because the, la- the last few times it's happened, obviously they won yeah. the, the Darlene one. But, you know, the other times you knew – like, oh, last year it was whatever, the Rangers and two other bottom yeah. teams. It was like, oh, there's no drama here. Um, yeah. So, you know, that was fun. But uh, really, before we get into things, um, you know, I, I don't think we need to spend too much time waxing poetic on Mark Shifley and Jake Evans and that whole thing. Um, but what were your thoughts from game one of that series? Unfortunately, we won't get to cover it at all on our Monday yeah. or yeah. On Tuesday, Thursday shows because they go back to back on Sunday and Monday next it's week and then get back on schedule. This. Um, but, you know, what was your thoughts on that first game there? And, you know, does that change sort of how you were thinking going into that one? I mean, I, I think it – I wouldn't say it went exactly as expected. It's so hard because I feel like everyone was so expecting of, of the opposite uh, series to emerge. And now we're here with a really hot Montreal team, and, you know, they kind of came out firing. And, uh, you know, there was mistakes. Like, it was kind of like a second-round playoff game with more mistakes than I've ever seen. It feels like uh, – the, 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 what was it? Uh, Gustafsson giveaway i think it's going to be a little bit sloppy um you know we hope the best for evans but i do think this should be a series with at least decent scoring upside unless the pelibuck stands on his head or price um so it's really gonna be a goaltending matchup and i I don't know if there's anything i learned too specifically here um i kind of want to dive into the numbers a bit more before i give a strong opinion anything you thought about watching that game our only chance to talk about it so yeah i mean we don't really know what happened to Paul Stastny, why he didn't play it. But yeah. if Shifley gets suspended for what happened at the end of that game, and if Stastny misses, it'll be real interesting to see what happens there because, you know, they could put Dubois as first line center. Uh, do they do they put Wheeler back at center? Like, it, you know, you never really think that Winnipeg, after trading line A for Dubois, is going to have, you know, depth issues. Um, but for the second year in a row, it seems like Mark Shifley is going to, you know, going to miss some time uh, at a really important juncture of the season for them. So, uh, I don't know, just sort of a, you know, it was a fun game that was just marred by a real, you know, ugly happening toward the end of the game. And, um, you know, definitely sort of that's the main takeaway is, you know, hoping for Jake Evans and all that. Uh, but it was pretty interesting. And obviously, we don't have a ton to say about Vegas, Colorado, besides game one was just, you know, a wonderful train wreck of, you know, misery uh, for people like me who thought Vegas was going to keep it close. Um, but, you know, so far we don't have the final result at the moment we're recording this, but Vegas is certainly putting a much more respectable effort out. So, um, you know, just going to be fun to track that one and hopefully get some more games next week that we'll talk about. But anything you wanted to add on that before we start uh, 
with the uh, you know the, the normal intro. Yeah, but let's get to the normal intro first. Um, Matt, I, I I'd be remiss. I, I just you do it every time and you do it so well that I just I can't take it from you. All right. Well, our loyal listeners, um, you should already know about this, but you know maybe you haven't checked it out yet. So what I am imploring you to do today Important. is to go over to our friends at PrizePix, PrizePix.com, and sign up over there. It's a real fun game. Uh, you can combine entries across multiple sports. That's basically the, the, you know, the whole crux of it is you are any sport you want. You can pick a player. All you're doing is you're picking an over or an under on said player. Uh, for the NHL, you get three points for a goal, two points for an assist, and a half point for a block shot and a half point for a shot on goal. Uh, and again, you can combine up to five players across any of the sports that are listed uh, by my count, currently there are 13, 12. Well, thir- 13 of you, NBA is twice because they have ah, second quarter okay. and fourth. Makes so sense. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so a whole lot of fun over there. I'd uh, highly recommend you sign up and use promo code MMN when you do uh, because you can get up to a $100 match deposit bonus. We all love free money here mm-hmm. on the Mayo Media Network. Um, with that in mind, um, we do have a couple of our favorite prize picks for this slate. Um, I will lead things off. I like David Pasternak, you know, here. Uh, yes, they're heading into Long Island to play against the Islanders. Yeah, it's going to be a rocking barn over there. But Pasta's just on another level right now. Like He didn't quite get there last game, but he was close. You know, he's been buzzing. He, he almost seems like he's a guy who should be good for a goal per game. Um, you know, just the way he's playing right now. So, yes, he's priced at five and, or 5.5. Um, but I still think he hits the over. I think he has a multi-point game in store here. Um, the perfection line looks excellent. And I think the Islanders are going to have to throw a whole lot more at that line than they are currently uh, if they want to stop it. So right now in the series, Pasternak has 15 shot attempts in two games. Like, you know, uh, what are you doing? <laughs> like, Did that's you awesome. change your pick last second? I thought you were taking something else. No. I thought you were taking uh, Kucherov under. No, DJ, we will get to that in just a second. Oh, DJ, what was yours? All right, fine. Mine was Andre Spesnikov over. I, I feel like I'm ruining the whole thing. I, I could have, I, I was so shocked he said Pasternak. Um, anyways, though, Andre Spesnikov. Now, we're not positive yet on Trocek's status. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, he did leave the game. He did not return. It's kind of doubtful, but I do think that's going to bring the shot share even higher into Spesnikov's favor for the power play, uh, as well as five on five. He had six shots on goal and one that went in. Um, I really think he's just a point away from, from hitting this over at four uh, fantasy score on prize picks. It's just seems like the best play um, out of anyone on, on Carolina. Uh, you know, you have Ajo here at 4.6. He just doesn't quite have the shot equity that a guy like Sveshnikov has. So I think it's a bit of a safer play to take Sveshnikov with the over um, than try to get cute with someone else that just doesn't take the same shot volume. But Matt, I'm going to pass it back to you I now. do love that. Yeah, no, you can definitely tell that DJ was never one, you know, in the high school play or anything like that, because uh, we, you know, we, we went over this once and he just sort of, you know, must have ignored me. But basically uh, what I was going to do is the prize pick segment is always one where we're just talking about overs. Like, you know, how fun is it to really oh. root against like these awesome players that, you know, every night on the board, you know, the Nate McKinnons and things like that. It's just it's so much fun to just say, you know, give me the goals, give me the offense. And let's be honest, when we target these volume shooters, the overs tend to hit, you know, more than the unders do. But there is one situation that I just, I can't ignore it myself. Um, And this is Nikita Kucherov. 
Now, look, I know he came back in the first round and, you know, he, he was, what, a point-per-game player in that series or something close to it. But Nikita Kucherov is just not the same player. Um, you know, there was a bunch of hemming and hawing about his LTIR status and how he came back. But he's come back and he has not looked like the same player. Like, just watching him, the explosiveness isn't there. Um, you know, just the timing isn't quite there. And then you look at the numbers. They're just not there, especially at five-on-five. He's a great stationary passer on the power play. So, of course, an under can kill you. But he is at 4.6. And this is a guy for who is for his career is putting up 16 to 17 to 18 shot attempts per hour at five on five. Right now, that's down at 11 and a half. Like, it is totally a different Kucherov. So, if they're going to price him with the elites of the league, you know, like Sebastian Owls at the same price, Kucherov isn't shooting. Maybe this burns me as a multi point game, but. If you're feeling frisky, I could see an under on Nikita Kucherov over on Prize Picks. So, anyway, use promo code MMN when you sign up for Prize Picks to let them know we sent you. And let's get into things. Uh, DJ, anything you want to cover before we go over the two games on hand here? Yeah. The Prize Picks also has an app, which I feel like we've never mentioned, but it is it is really user friendly and interactive. So, if you're someone that likes to use your mobile device, they have an app as well for uh, Androids and um, Apple smartphones. Now. Yes, let's get on over. But before we do, we did. I asked if anyone had questions um, for the slate because it's you know two gamer whatever, and I got a response almost immediately. So I thought we'd have a whole bunch of questions. Well, we got one total. So uh, thank you to Tommy or J North nineteen eighty nine on Twitter. So he was wondering more about showdown slates, and, and I know Matt, you're really really sharp with showdowns, best tips, plays, ideas, etc. So I mean, let's start first off with I think just start about some tips. Yeah, I mean, so, you know, I guess first, like, why should you care about showdowns? Well, for one, <laughs> you know, when there's only two games per night, like, yeah, the main slates are okay. Um, but, you know, as we get down to things, there are really only going to be showdown slates for some of these nights, especially when we get to the Stanley Cup final. So practicing it now, getting good at it now will actually benefit you. Um, so basically what it is is a DFS contest for just one game. Uh, normally that's, you know, not the case that there's multiple games and all that. Um, but in showdown, you know, for me, it comes down to, you always want to captain the guy that you think's the highest scoring player. You know, it's, it's real tough. There's very rare circumstances where say the cheapest guy possible who puts up a good score is the optimal captain, especially in the, you know, thousand person fields. Um, you know, so I think that's my first advice is just, you know, yes, they're expensive, but you got to jam in the studs. Um, like the, the guys who are priced at 10K, at 9K, are usually leaps and bounds better than the players priced at 8K, 7K. It's just a function of how the, the format's currently priced. Um, so I, I think that's my main advice. And then if you're looking for specifics, you know, the stars and scrubs approach, I think is the best. Um, you know, rostering four, even five guys who are very expensive, fitting them in with 2K players around it. Um, because, you know, while there's a big difference between 10K and 8K, let's say, there's hardly a difference between 5K, 4K, all the way down to 2,000, which is the minimum on showdown slates. Um, so I think starting with finding one or two guys who are 2,000 that you like, be it a defenseman who could block some shots on the PK, uh, a forward who's sliding up in the lineup or gets second power play time, or just a guy with solid rates who's just priced at 2000 because, you know, there's a ton of guys priced on there and sometimes they just get missed. I think that's the key to sort of being a consistent winner in showdown 
is consistently nailing those guys who are, you know, very cheap um, because people just love the, the safety of playing. Oh, he's 4.5 K. I'm just going to play him. I, it just doesn't really work like that in showdown. Um, so I think that's my advice. I don't know if you had anything to add on to that, but. Um, I'm going to ask you a question. All right. Now you're looking at a showdown slate and we have a, a sample size now uh, getting into game three for some of these, or at least two. Are you taking into consideration the matchups that the coaches are deploying? I, I know we're, we might get a flip with the home and away kind of swapping, but do you do you take that into consideration when you're making your lineups? I used to. And, you know, there are very rare circumstances nowadays where I think that that comes into play. Um, and, and the main reason is a lot of what I'm targeting is based on power play success. You know, of course, you know, guys who perform well in the power play tend to perform well at five on five as well. Um, but I'm looking to correlate based on power play units. Um, and the other thing is it's really hard to consistently hard match uh, in the NHL. Like there's, you know, coaches are caddy. They get out, you know, their guys after icings, they sneak them out during the course of play. Um, you know, so you end up looking at it and you're like, oh, wow, he was glued to him all game. And you look at the, you know, the behind the scenes, the numbers oh, he only played against him 55% of his possible ice time. And it's like, am I really going to let, you know, that 55% against a quote-unquote tough matchup sway me off of something that, you know, has the, the right rate stats, has the right power play role? So for me, it doesn't really make sense. I don't really incorporate that much into my process um, outside of very specific, specific circumstances. Boston one, honestly, being pretty close to the only <laughs> circumstance for me. Um, but, you know, I, I haven't seen anything out of the Islanders that makes me suggest that um, there's any sort of hard matching thing that I should be worried about at this point in time. Maybe game four that changes. Two more questions. We'll make them quick. Um, okay. So the one, the one, you know, going off of him, he said, you know, uh, plays, ideas, et cetera. But are there any tools that you use that help you find those plays? I mean, hockey viz, I'm assuming has to be one of them. Just kind of seeing the correlations and, and kind of the, the yeah the spider effect of the lines, but is there anything else? Yeah, the, the great thing about hockey viz is it helps you see some of those like third pair defensemen, and you can see whether they're getting you know eight minutes or whether they're getting seventeen because you know that happens from team to team. Um, there's a very clear difference. So hockeyviz.com certainly one of them. Natural stat trick, of course. I think if you're you know playing <laughs> NHL DFS and you're not using that, you're probably doing it wrong. Um, and then for me personally, I use fantasy labs, you know, I'm not like endorsing them or anything. So I, that's what I use. They have, you know, a nice, basically I can make my own model on there, which I like. Um, so that's sort of what I use to sort of set myself up for a slowdown show it down at slate. Lastly, with showdowns goalies, um, what is your, do you have any sort of uh, policy on goalies and showdowns or, I mean, nope, not really just, I mean, I mean that that's, that's a lot of the game, honestly. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, whether you play two goalies, you know, you think it's going to be a low scoring game. Whether you play one goalie, it, usually when you play one goalie, it's like, I want a 5 1 onslaught of a team. Um, or whether you play no goalies and just say, I hope this game is absolute chaos. Um, you know, for me, it comes down to mostly um, if a first power play unit gets like 95% of the run, like some teams have. I'm more comfortable fading the goalies from that team just because the offensive output in explosion games can be isolated to some guys who will just outscore the goalies, um, mm -hmm. you know, even if they win. Um, but usually I would have at least one goalie on my teams. And if you don't have a goalie on your team, 
you're probably going to need six guys who all hit a shot bonus or, you know, put up huge games of some sort. So, um, you know, it's always, that's the toughest question of showdown though, is what to do with goalies. Cause at least on main slates, you have the play one. Um, but yeah. So with all that being said, I think that the probably answered the question and so, I hope so. So, uh, let's get, yeah, let's get to the slate as you're about to do. Um, are you ready to start it off with the well, Boston Bruins at the Islanders now? Now, one question that someone asked actually right before we started, and honestly, is it in Nassau or is it in Barclays? I think they're in Barclays. I like forgot to look. I know I was going to look and I totally forgot. Here, you yeah. look, you look. Um, not that it really matters that much. I, I thought they were going back to Barclays too, but um, do you have it up? I am pulling it up. Okay, I just think that'd be an interesting note just to, to bring up off the top because I know like eventually it was going to be oh, like no. the last game. They're in Nassau. They're in Nassau. Because I, I was going to say, like, they would have mentioned that, I feel like, but I know it was eventually going to switch if they kept winning. I don't know. The Nets are in the – it doesn't matter. Let's get, let's, yeah. let's get to it. So in Nassau Coliseum, live on the air, we figure that out. Great job. Great reporting. We have, you know, not quite even money. Um, you know, you're, you're, Bruins are favorites here. One-to-one series. Uh, last game, the Islanders got the win in overtime. Very exciting overtime if you watched it. Five-and-a-half over-under. We should, I'm assuming, have Varlamov Rask. What are your initial thoughts on this game? You know, I, I think for me, it's going to be if people are talking about the Islanders, like they thoroughly outplayed Boston, like mm-hmm. I might just go right back to the top line because, yeah, you know, the, the top line is just freaking awesome. And people might sort of jump off and head to this Tampa Carolina game, which should be a lot of fun. Um, but I also don't know that I'm, you know, totally in love with the idea of paying for a Kucherov. You know, I gave a pretty impassioned uh, case against him, of course. Um, or, you know, a guy like Dougie Hamilton or Sebastian Ajo against this Tampa team when I can just play Boston 1, who the entire team runs through. Um, you know, you don't really have to worry about them not getting the, the prime opportunities and things like that. Um, so that's my, you know, that's my initial lean. So I don't know. What are you thinking about the money line and the total though? Yeah. I mean, I, you see the four to three overtime score, you see the seven and you think, well, did the numbers really say it? And the numbers actually say it should have been 7.1 goals. So it it is interesting to me. I mean, I do think that the, both these goalies are solid. Um, but obviously overtime may have swayed this a little bit because it was so up-tempo so many shots so quickly maybe that's going to sway a little bit more. The expected goal models just don't understand it that well. I'm willing to talk myself into the over. Um, I do think that, you know, when that perfection lines on the ice, there's so much, you know, volume and, and, and the power play, et cetera, that they're going to control to give Boston an edge. But I think that some of these Islanders units were really doing like, like what you said, the Islanders outplayed them in this game too, after getting bashed in, in game one. Um, I think that the Islanders could, could kind of, carry some of that momentum and keep the tempo as, as they normally don't do somewhat high. Um, and the Bruins can capitalize with their top scorers again. So I don't mind the over here. I do think it is just a total pick uh, on the over under though. I would shade the Bruins. Um, if I was going to actually like put my, my money on the line, which is what we're doing here. So I like the Bruins slightly. I just think that the top line is too good. They should have Smith back on that second line, who I do think makes actually a little bit of a difference. You know, mm-hmm. DeBrusque looked pretty lost out there, I'd say. I mean, he wasn't a, a terrible. But, he's a bit but, of a loose cannon. Like, that's yeah, sort yeah, of his game. Yeah. It's like Craig Smith, you know, he's 
he's more controlled chaos out there. I think Kirk Smith is just good. Uh, you know, I think he's a good player, and I think he really helps complete that line. If he's back, I do think that boosts them up a bit so they won't get sort of uh, kind of handed to them. Um, so, you know, running those two lines and then, you know, the Bruins were definitely, you know, running the third and fourth a lot less. And, um, yeah, I, I think I think I could talk myself into the Bruins coming back, getting a win in Nassau, and um, <clears throat> the over maybe just being right on the edge. I'd rather just take the Bruins is, is kind of what I'm alluding to here. Yeah, um, a couple couple player props I find interesting. You know, I, I'm with you on the Bruins, and I'm probably shading the under myself. Um, but I'm looking at, like, the on FanDuel, they have their assist props posted right now. And Brad Marchand is – plus 108 to pick up an assist. You know, if yeah. you're thinking Bergeron or Pasternak score goals here, like even one of them, it seems to me like Ber- <laughs> that Brad Marchand is going to be involved in that. Um, so I kind of like the value on that one. Um, you know, maybe you go the other way and say, oh, well, if Pasternak is such a great play, he puts, puts up a multi-point game, plus 136 on an assist for Pasta. Um, both of those seem really sort of enticing to me. Like I love David Krejci, but he's a you know plus one twenty for the and you know he's playing a five and five with not Bergeron, Pasternak, Marchand. So um, it just seems like a little bit of value there, especially if you're on the dominance of Boston one in this game. Like I think I am. Yeah, no, def- I, that that is definitely I think a very solid prop to take, and uh, you know any of the shot props for Pasta or Bergeron, I think are just are fine to take. Um, we're not seeing them right now. I'm not sure if they're just to figure out what they're going to put them at but those guys are going to be shooting for sure um posture yep. has about I, I think about a thousand attempts this playoffs yeah just, just a touch <laughs> just, under a thousand just about um, um yeah so and, and the other thing on the islander side is oliver wallstrom should mm-hmm. be out again um seems like he's nearing a return but it it was indicated that they might just roll the same lineup as the last game um, so that sort of throws things, you know, out of slightly out of whack, I would say with the Islanders, especially on the power play. Um, for me, I think the biggest benefactor actually might be Jordan Eberle. Uh, he's seen an uptick in shots. Um, they, they sort of revamped their power play a little bit. So now Bavillier, Dobson, Eberle, Pajot, uh, Matt Barzell. So Eberle's shooting a lot there. I, I think he's my favorite person to target on the uh, Islander side of things, but you know, any thoughts on the Islanders or players you like? Um, I, I know kind of to further what you were saying about Eberly, it does look like the perfection line saw the heaviest amount of, like I was not expecting this, but the, the most minutes against them was actually the Nelson line, which was a little bit surprising to me. I thought it'd be Peugeot because Peugeot kind of been known for his defensive metrics, but in the last game, the Nelson line and I mean, they got the whole, yeah, they don't they don't control that. So maybe I, I'm they thinking yeah, at they home. didn't. So yeah, maybe at home they do get back to Peugeot. Oh, that's yeah. a good point. Hey, you know what? I was gonna say, yeah, yeah. You know what, Matt? You're thinking ahead. Um it's just because they uh, they got Pulock and Green and um I mean Pulock and Pelican <laughs> against them. Oh my god. Pulock and Pelican against them like the whole game. It's like they found a way to get the defenseman off the ice, but not the forwards. Like it must I mean I guess it's a little bit harder, like marginally, but you see my point. Um irregardless. Right. Um, Everly will not be matched up against them is what we're getting at. Yes. Um, that was the point I was trying to make by going the longest way possible. You always manage. Um, all right, <laughs> let's get on to the next and final game of this slate. Uh, Carolina licking their wounds after two tough losses, 
heading into Tampa. Um, now, to be fair, we did see Florida do the same thing, and they came out with a win in game three. So I don't know. I'm, you know, I'm sort of on Team Carolina still. Yep. Uh, call me crazy. I, I but... feel like we've never been more right and wrong. <laughs> I, I know. <laughs> like, oh, Florida we, we nailed their, we were like, Florida's going to dominate Tampa. Yep, Carolina's going to dominate Tampa. Doesn't matter. Vasilevsky nope. doesn't matter. Throw all your money in. You know, Vasilevsky's just going to take it. Um, but no, yeah, no, you're right. So right. go ahead. Uh, what was the expected goals for Carolina in that last game? Was it a lot? Uh, 3.3 to 1.4 over Tampa. Ding, 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 ding. So correct. But we were looking for it in the form of a question, so you failed Jeopardy. But, uh, yeah, you know, Carolina out there, it looks just everyone was kind of shooting. Um, well, do you have the total shots in the game? I'm not sure you have it up. I can figure it out quickly. But it was it was a lot to a little. Um, it was didn't... 32 to 15. 32 to 15 in favor of the Hurricanes. Um, wow. Yeah, just uh, Nadalkovich needs to be a little bit better, and they need to beat Vasilevsky a little bit more. Um, I love, like I said, I, I love Sveshnikov. Uh, I'm, you know, hopeful. I kind of alluded to this, but he didn't actually seemingly start on the power play one, but if Tro checks out, he'll definitely be back. So I think they'll be back up there. I kind of like that little, like, Jordan Stahl and him um, idea there. You know, I think that that's an interesting little two-man that I, I like for shot volume and upside and everything. Um, but I do like I, the thing about this this series is I thought it'd be higher scoring and it just hasn't. The metrics don't even look like it should be that much higher scoring. Like it's not that far off. Like the goaltenders are doing fine. You know, I'm 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 hoping for us to see kind of a, a deviation from what we've seen in, in the first two. But it's hard to ignore the numbers and say to take the over here. Um, with just how good Vasilevsky's playing. So are you have any thoughts on the over-under? I think we're both saying that like, Carolina played better. They just haven't won. So why not take them at better odds? You know, then we've seen them. Yeah. But what are you thinking? So I just realized something. I was filtered to five on five when I was saying all my Pasternak stats. Pasta is 20 shot attempts, by the way. Uh, anyway, okay. <laughs> 20 shot Thank attempts you. in two games. Very funny. Our fact checker um, was going to get to that. So I know, right. I know, right? Glad you caught um, it now. Anyway. For this series, one interesting note, I was listening to um, the, the Hockey PDO cast with Dmitry Filipovich. Um, I think it was Jack Hahn um, was his guest previewing these round two matchups. And basically his sort of, you know, his main takeaway uh, was that this series was actually two of the best cycle teams in the NHL. Um, and that the difference between the Florida Tampa series, where obviously Florida had much more success generating offense, um, you know, they just got tanked by Bobrovsky and a bad Dreger game and whatever else. Um, but Florida all year was one of the best rush teams in the NHL. And maybe there's something to that because, you know, you watch you, you watch Carolina and they just look like, you know, they look like they're dominating possession. Um, but they're not really getting like all too dangerous of opportunities, if that makes sense. Like a lot of it, it just has to come down to um you know, it has to get like for them, it has to come down to getting bodies in front and just hoping Vassy doesn't make the save. And Vassilovsky is so big, their defense is so good at clearing out the front of the net and sort of eliminating the second chance opportunities that maybe that's the functional difference in this series. And that could be why the series has gone pretty low scoring through two games. Or Vassilovsky is just, you know, on a sick run and he could fall apart any minute. Who knows? Yeah, um, yeah. So that's sort of how I'm viewing things. 
but I don't know if I'm that interested in any of these Tampa pieces, especially, you know, the, the, the normal guys, Point, Kucherov, even Stamkos. Like, I just, I don't know. I don't think the volume's there for them. And it's going to be real tough to sell me on um, those guys when Boston's lurking on the slate, when there's some Carolina guys, if Trocek's out, you know, there's even more, um, you know, condensed output there offensively. So, you know, call me crazy, but I'm on Carolina's side here. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that it, it could be easy enough to get pieces of Carolina and Boston, which is my yeah, plan. But uh, give me, give me plus one thirty-five all day. Thank yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like I, I, we were so on Carolina, and not much has really changed other than they lost two games that seemingly they outplayed the other team. So like, why not take the better odds? So I totally agree there. They're you know, I, yeah, the road matchup. You know, both these teams have fans now, so I get it. You might be able to say like, oh, it's a little bit different, but it's not that different. These are professional hockey players, and anyone that played hockey. I mean, I remember growing up, people would be like, oh, you're that one fan. I'm like, we're in high school hockey, and I didn't hear anything. <laughs> like, like I know that there's more noise in a professional arena, but you don't like hear things. Like, it's just yeah. yeah, I don't know. That's just like something I always find funny as people talk about. But anyways, overall, I think we have all that. So why don't we get to a few. Prop bets in this game, or do you just want to get right to our favorite bets and we'll just include them, or because we didn't really get to any like specific ones. Um, yeah, no, um, yeah, you know, I think that you know, we talked about Svechnikov already, um, but you know, plus 260 for him to score a goal. I don't know, he's like, if he's on a heater, I'm certainly all about that. I'm fine going back to Marty Nachas, I know it was pretty disappointing. Um, last time out, but he did have the puck on his stick for a long swath of that game. And, you know, losing Chocek obviously hurts a guy like him, but I, I'm hoping what they do is they sort of, you know, revamp things and say, you know, maybe move Brock McGinn off of the Ajo line, um, you know, get NHS more consistent time with Ajo or even Jordan Stahl. Um, and so I think that they feature him again. So I think those are the two guys that I'm willing to build around. I know last time we saw Marty Nechas at plus 108 for over two shots. Um, if we get that line again, I'm happy to go for it and just hope that this time things break slightly better. Uh, I believe he was held at one last time out, hmm. but a lot of puck on the stick for him. So that's what I'm looking for. Actually, he hit two, so he pushed for you. There you go. Yeah. Uh, very happy about that. Great call, Matt. You know <laughs> it's, not, it's not always about our, our wins. It's about knowing why our defeats didn't work. But cutting our losses. There you go. Cutting our losses, if you will. Um, I, I think one that I kind of like, especially if the lines are the same, you know, Spesikov's going to play with Stahl, and, you know, I think Stahl might end up finding his way back onto the top power play. It doesn't look like it was there, but, you know, they didn't score, so maybe he will. He's, to get a singular point, plus 114, um, and that would that would hit, that, you know, it wouldn't push. Uh, big so game that, Jordan Stahl. Big game Jordan Stahl. You know, he's been shooting a lot, too, so just thinking, like, you know, like you're they're kind of trying to go for those greasy goals. He's the guy that's going to be in front of the net probably a lot of the time, and he could just, you know, put one on net, rebound goal, anything of that nature. Um, he gets the point. He gets the over plus 114. He's going to be getting a ton of minutes. I don't really see uh, another one that I like any more than that. It's the same as like Yanni freaking Gord. And like Yanni Gord is not going <laughs> to see power play run. He doesn't shoot. So, you know, it just seems like a bit of a mispricing compared to the rest in that in this, you know, threshold. Um, yeah, I like that. So I think him and HF both to get a point are, you know, both good, both good bets in, in their own right. Um, another note that I'll just say, um, you know, before we get to, but you know, let's, let's go, let's go in the normal order. I'm about to jump over the map because that's how my brain works. But why don't we get to a couple of our favorite bets of the night first, and then we'll talk a little bit about DFS, and then we've gone probably way too long for two games, so we'll get out of here. Um, yeah, so, you know, as far as my favorite bet of the night, I think it does come down to uh, David Pasternak. Um, 
you know, it's, I, I think I've just wanted a shot prop, you know, it'll probably be at three and a half given the games, you know, in New York. Um, if we see four and a half, then I think I'll stay away from that and probably just bet him to score a goal. Um, I don't even, I think that line was kind of nuts too. Uh, I had it up. There it is. Yeah. Plus 154 over on FanDuel for David Pasternak to score a goal. Um, I will, you know, I'll take that as my favorite bet if Pasternak's shot prop isn't really where it's approachable, but that's what I would prefer myself. I think my, the easiest, uh, is just to go Carolina, you know, Ooh, plus 135. Easiest. I, mean, I, I, think, oh, I, I, I think that that is the, the best odds on the entire slate. I really do. They have outplayed them two games in a row and they just need to get one bounce, maybe two bounces and, and they're, and they're winning this game handily. So I, I like it a lot. I, you know, do I have the goal to go with the, the puck line? I doubt it. <laughs> I just don't think I could, I could, I could actually do it, but um, you know, them getting an empty net goal is not out of the realm. Like, honestly, if, you know, you think about it, like they just, any other goal besides Vasilevsky within the net, including no goal. Well, the puck line would goals. be, the puck line has to be plus one and a half is Carolina's the underdog here. So, um, oh yeah, you're right. I'm going the wrong yeah, way. You could, it, you could get an alternate line though. I'm sure you get alternate. Yeah. You get an alternate line. Yeah, plus it. 330 for a minus one and a half on Carolina. DJ's lock of the night. Easiest money you've ever heard. Yeah. yeah you heard it here first. It is the Dogecoin. I was kidding. Um, <laughs> okay, so yeah, I'm gonna go with it though. I, I, I'm feeling confident. You know, we, we we talked it up before. So just a couple before we go out, let's just do a couple quick notes. We're not gonna say mm-hmm. stacks. We're not gonna say anything. The one thing I wanted to maybe ask you about DFS late. Um, our most expensive goalie of the night is gonna be Tampa. Do you have any interest in that, or are you? I, I think I'm kind of locking into Garask. Um, any thoughts? Like, I mean. Yeah, it's tough. Goalie's always the toughest. Um, yeah, for me, that though, I think it comes down to the difference in goalies is just not really there. Like it's eight point two for Vasi, eight K for Tuka, seven point nine for Varley, and seven point seven for Nadelkovic. So it's like, you know, why not just take the guy who's the absolute most likely to get the shot bonus? Um, there is a very real chance that even in a loss, Vasilevsky is the highest goal scorer. Uh, highest scoring goal goalie on the slate. Um, so yeah, if you need the 500, I of course don't mind playing any goalie because goalie is pretty freaking random. Um, but the way that they price the slate out, there's really no savings to be had. So sure. Vassie's uh, probably the guy. Um, and I wouldn't feel terrible taking multiple Carolina hurricanes against him, just given, you know, the shot volume he's been seeing and the relative success, um, you know, that Tampa's has. And the fact that I think Boston the Islanders stays kind of low as well. So it's just like, I don't really see a shot bonus or a save bonus in the future for either of those goalies either. So. I think it's fair enough. I mean, honestly, I think the Islanders goalie too, if like you're not stacking Boston one, it's like a lock. And if you don't play Boston one, I think you just, you just take the alarm off. I mean, he's probably going to see the shot bonus as well. So fair. Uh, I don't know. I I actually don't think so, but um, especially, the Islanders have to get up early for that to happen, in my estimation. Um, okay. I, I don't really see it being like a zero-zero game where Boston's out shooting them twenty, you know, twenty-seven to eleven going into the third period or something, which I could absolutely see in Carolina, Tampa. Okay, fair enough. We'll we'll get everyone out of here now. We've talked right. extensively about everything and everything and more. So, with all that being said, yeah, thank you again for listening. Yo, 
every time we say it, but we really mean it. Like it's awesome. Keep commenting, uh, reviewing everything. It really helps us. It helps the program. It helps, you know, grow hopefully more into this hockey coverage and things are going real well right now for the NHL. So let's try to be a part of it together. Um, thanks to prize picks for sponsoring Matt. anything else you wanted to get to you? No, uh, just Owen power. If you're watching this or reach out to DJ and I, we can hook you up with, you know, the, the Buffalo area, um, get mm. you, get you all nice and situated. So, uh, yeah, they got very excited. Called chicken wings there. <laughs> Some people say they're good. I don't know. I haven't tried them. Yeah. But... Yeah. yeah. Who knows? Um, anyway, yeah. Like DJ said, uh, big thanks to prize picks. Be sure to sign up using promo code MMM. Uh, follow me. I'm at fake moods on Twitter. DJ's at DJ underscore Mitchell 94 and the Mayo Media Network. Follow them on Twitter as well. Uh, you never know when Pat's going to do a random giveaway. You know, he gives away free money. Prize picks gives away free money. Like, you know, hopefully we're giving away free money as well with our picks and bets. Uh, so okay. let's get on out of here. Best of luck on Thursday, everybody. From DJ, from myself, good luck. We'll see you.